step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Bear with me just a moment. I'm trying to get my uh, studio set up. I have a radio show that I also do. And if anybody wants to call in live, the area code is 
Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and go live from... Oh, why did it do that? i going to push the camera around. <laughs> you have to kind of roll with the punches and get what you can, you know? Do what you can, I mean. Absolutely nothing wrong with, uh, with uh, you 
things and that again, he can't get
everything else. And this is what happens. This is how addictions occur. Because you, you end up in this cycle because you're believing the thing to alleviate. You're believing in the thing to alleviate your
something is wrong with me. I know my age is wrong. I know I'll just kind of help me get right. Help me get right, Lord. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. You know, I, I go back there. I go back there. I confess whatever it is that I know. And, you know, God will start revealing it to you when you really connect in prayer to take away sin. We don't start fasting to take away sin. You not die for your sin. So that, that's, it's just silly to look at things in that perspective. And what does happen? Let's keep reading. I would not, I would not have moved and or I would not have been covered unless the law says you should not have it. I'm going to do that and I'm going to be free from this sin. No. No. Even law you make up. But opportunity by the commandments. The sin nature takes opportunity. This is why legalism is grave. According to, you know, the statutes, maybe you made them up. Or maybe you made some laws to walk according to the Ten Commandments. Even though they're not cleansing inwardly, they're, you know, you're refraining outwardly, but your inward life is still never changed. You're still desiring evil things. If you're a place where you're still desiring evil things, think about this. Are you living your life according to the law? Are you... Trying to, to, in your own strength, live your life according to the law. People who've been born again. If you are desiring to do evil, if you are desiring wrong things, you are desiring, like something in you wants to do wrong. And all of a sudden, you're desiring things that you know are desire becoming so strong that you can't resist it. Think about your life. Say, Lord, is my faith right? Is my faith in you, Lord? Or is my faith in work? See, every time your faith is moved from Christ, you're going to find yourself in the same predicament. You and your own strength trying to overcome and battle sin. You in your own strength trying to get the strength up to pray. You in your own strength trying to fast. You in your own strength. You in your own strength. You're not going to experience that newness of life, that resurrection power, that resurrected life. The life of the blood and the Lord is alive. Who are you? You're not at one with him. So if you're not at one with Christ and you're in some other thing, you're, you're going to be one with whoever you put your faith in. Whatever your faith is in, if your faith is in your pastor, you're one with your pastor. If your faith is only the letter, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Says it that this is how you have access because you have 
from Jesus Christ. People will go, Alex, you know, the Lord, you know, you have to have faith in his finished work. You know, why do that? Because, you know, you have faith in the resurrection. The resurrection, the resurrection was never in question. And anyone understands what was placed on the cross under that is what Christ was paid. The resurrection is a result. It's like it's like the proof. The the resurrection is the proof that God accepted the sacrifice. So if God accepts the sacrifice, you experience resurrection. If God accepts sacrifice, you experience newness of life. If God accepts sacrifice, you are going to be like Abel before his mother killed him. Receiving favor because God accepted the sacrifice. God doesn't accept the sacrifice. He tells you about yourself. You feel something's not right, and it's because your face isn't right. So, yes, I I preach the resurrection. Resurrection is a result of an acceptance of the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. On the cross is where he said it is finished. He didn't make
because your faith is anchored, rooted, just not letting go, I'm going to agonize. I'm going to agonize in this And you are really seeking God, and you're saying, God, I'm hearing what she's saying, and it sounds like, it sounds like, everything I'm just imploring you. I don't really know exactly what she's saying about how do I put my faith in the finished work of Christ? How do I do that, God? I, I'm going to believe that it's enough. I'm going to believe and ask for forgiveness or to start back there. I'm going to start at, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my
And some people will get all religious even and say, well, my faith is in Christ and I fast and I do things away from sin. You will think of a The Holy Ghost is what, and look, I agree with Isaiah, I, with Isaiah 58. It does break yoke. Fasting does break yoke, but to be okay? That's really what happens there. That's the typical time of what's going on in fasting. It quiets your soul down. It quiets all those voices that you hear, those thoughts. People have a lot of racing thoughts. People have a, a time, a stomach that goes up whenever they're hungry. Oh, 12 o'clock, I've got to eat. You know, I've got to do this. It, the longer you actually somehow works thoughts and those other things, and it quiets you down. It starts to quiet, quiet, quiet your soul, your inner man. It quiets your inner man, replace it. Now you can hear God. Now you can hear him. And get in here. We're not talking about, well, uh, you know, I'm linked to this thing, or I'm yoked to this thing. You know what? No, it's Not one. 
bit of the law uh, justify you, not one bit of the law sanctifies you, not one in your life, although it is holy, although it is right, and although it is good. But see, when you're walking in that phase, you are alive with what the law wants. You are alive. It was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm just, wow, this is what born again is like? I was alive once without the law. All your joy faded, right? And it probably came in when some well-meaning, probably been in Christ for eight years or whatever. And all of a sudden, it's something in you just crushed. Oh, well, you know, this well-meaning Christian, well, now you can dye your hair a natural color. God didn't even mention my hair color or how I dress it. I was wearing pants to church. I didn't know I was supposed to wear a dress. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't say nothing about your hair yet. I didn't think that anything was wrong with you. But Mr. Christian, she's telling you all of the, the she's trying to put you under law. It's almost the same thing you want a, a voodoo person, a purpose, a person that practices voodoo, they try to put boots on you. You might word with a question that causes you to think and doubt your unbelief so that you can believe in what they're saying and that's a root that's now been planted so they can put a curse on you. He loves to use Christianity against Christians. I'll get people arguing and saying, oh, so you're preaching against praying and you're preaching against fasting and you're preaching against this. No, I'm just telling you walk in perpetual victory over sin, over the sin nature, and that sin nature can stay dead. So you're not desiring things that only Satan would have you desire, and being overcome and overwhelmed to the point of us to walk away from the way. This is not anti-law either. I'm telling you right now, if, if righteousness comes by law, then Christ is dead in vain. So you're basically saying, God, I don't need you to come. So you just negated my entire law. Why don't you just go on? And that's where you end up when you when God starts speaking to you, you wind up back at John 1 9. But if most people don't just stop there, they don't stop there. They need to go beyond the cross. So now they get back to 1 John 1 and 9. Back to the cross. Instead of staying at the foot of the cross, they go to the self help book. They read Purpose Driven Life. They read 40 Days to Victory. They read whatever they want to read because they think these things have the power to get them victory over sin. It doesn't. Now they put themselves back on the ignorant person. That's his favorite thing because now that person thinks they're fighting the fight of faith because now they've placed their faith in 40 days of victory instead of Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
How that is is how you stay in. And people don't want to talk about that because it sounds too easy. But it's not easy. Keeping faith and agonizing and faith to keep your faith in that object is not easy because everything in you feels it's wrong. Everything in you wants to fight it. But you're always battling to come out of faith. You're always battling this on the right. Because we want to control it. We want something religious. We want to be told that if you read six passages a night, you're going to be free from masturbation. No, you do this formula. Because faith in Christ and him crucified just sounds ridiculous. It sounds foolish. But it's only foolishness to those that perish. Because to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I'm being saved. I'm being set free. I'm being delivered. I'm being I'm being used by God. I'm Wants me. I'm being in whatever capacity, whatever he wants to do, because my faith is in the finished work of Christ. Not because I earned it. I didn't. I don't deserve it. I deserved hell and I deserved death. But God saw fit that through His own Son, He sent His only begotten Son to die for me. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. You know, and we don't know what happened there. What's all the commandment came? Sin revived in our lives. You can wear a jean dress. Don't cut your hair and you can hold it. That commandment came. And what happened? The sin. The sin nature. Why do you know is abounding so much 
because the sin nature is alive in people. When the commandment comes, when I say thou shalt not kill, that triggers. That triggers because if I use that, using the law lawfully to show you that God is against That we're seeing an increase in the very thing that is wrong. Because it brings inside of you. The law is contrary to you. The law is contrary to you. You are carnal. So when you you know, I shouldn't come today. I, I shouldn't love. Right, right. That's good. That's good. Yes, that's your amen. Hallelujah. You're desiring something that ought not be. And Paul was wise enough to put two and two together. He said, when the commandment came, when the commandment came, I noticed that something inside of me brought in. All man of evil desire when the commandment came. So how could this thing that's holy, how could this make me feel this way? you under law. You see the Bible where it says baptized. You see that only you are baptized, right? So this is how you overcome mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure I got something to contribute, so 
What were you talking? What were you just talking on? I was just catching the end, the, the tail end of that. I'm talking a little bit about the sin nature, the old man. I call it the beast nature because it's 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 very beasty and carnal, and and it has such a power over an individual um, that it can it revives. And this is actually what Paul is talking about about people that try to order their steps under law. Any um, laws that they mm-hmm. make up. It, what he says here. And especially when you look at this word sin, it doesn't just mean acts of sin. It means the sin nature because of the definite article before the word sin, making the word the sin or the condition of sin or the nature of sin or the sin nature or the, I call it the beast nature. So when you Mm -hmm. look at it that way, especially when you're aware of that, it says, but the sin nature taking opportunity by the commandments produced in me all manner of evil desire. And I'm talking about kind of when you first come to God and how you're so excited, you're so full of joy because mm-hmm. your faith, your object of faith is absolutely correct. Nobody has taught you to, to put your faith in anything else, to put your faith in a person, right. faith in 40 steps to freedom, to put your faith in anything else. You've just been trusting in Jesus Christ. Just as you have received Christ, you were walking therein, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you hear something come, and somebody says, well, you're not supposed to do that. And instantly, all that joy, everything fades away, you start feeling well, You start feeling guilt. You start feeling evil, and eventually, when you keep going down that road of, of condemnation, you begin to feel inside of you evil desires where you start feeling contrary to the things of God. And so I'm explaining yeah. that God has to know that your faith is not correct. When your faith has been moved to something else, especially the law, the law is holy, righteous, and good. But when you set out to be justified by the law instead of justified by Jesus Christ, what happens is it revives something. And Paul even talks about that. He says, the sin revives, and I die. And see, the sin nature is not supposed to revive. The sin nature is supposed to be dead. It is supposed to be mm-hmm. crucified with Christ. That's why Paul says, when I was crucified with Christ, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now, that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and yes. gave me for me. This is why he says that. We need a revival of the Holy Ghost and not a revival of the sin nature, of that beast nature, of that nature that should have been crucified. But he keeps reviving (laughs) because we want to order our steps the way God did not prescribe. You know, um, it's it's one of the things I always tell people in the area of spiritual discipline. And, you know, one of the things that the Holy Ghost taught me in the area of, you know, dealing with sin and overcoming temptation is he showed me there are two types of people. You have, on the one hand of the spectrum, you have people and they say, you know, I'm going to, you know, fast as much as possible to break this addiction. I'm going to pray all day long to break this addiction or this habit. You know, I'm going to make sure I do all of this stuff to be free. Yeah. And you don't hear anything in there about submission to God. You know, you don't hear anything in that about resisting the devil. They're just doing a whole bunch of things. Their faith, like you said, their object of faith, their fasting and the praying and, the, and all that stuff has become the object of their faith and not simple faith and trust in God. 
And then you have on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you have on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who don't get to the, they don't do practical things. You have some people, they say, well, I'm just going to lean totally on the Lord. And they say it in the sense of, you know, I don't have to, like, okay, I'm, I'm believing God to deliver me. God has delivered me from, you know, uh, alcohol, but I'm still going to sit in front of in my house and still keep alcohol in my house, you know. Or they know that they're dealing with uh, sexual sin, and they think that they're going to just still, you know, uh, well, I'm just going to keep it. And so the Holy Ghost, his will is for us to be at a place. He's like, okay, now, you, you know, you do, you, we, there are practical things that we have to do. And, uh, you know, there, we, we, I think we cut those associates off, you know, make those disconnections, do all of that stuff. But then the Spirit yeah. of God comes in there. And he empowers us, and, and he graces us. That's why I always tell people this. I always know when I'm in the flesh, when, I, when my temptation becomes bigger than Jesus. Anytime you're tempted, and this is, I say, anytime you're tempted and you start to feel a, uh, you know, anytime you're tempted and you start to feel in your, you know, oh, my goodness. And now your, your mind is so focused on the temptation. And, of course, the more you try not to think about it, you're going to think about it. Right. It becomes so, exceedingly yeah. sinful. And it, it just, it almost, and this is why, like, I've had some discussions with a few friends. We were talking about this very subject about how it seems like your will is almost overridden because this becomes so powerful that you are powerless. It's like you're almost powerless because if, if you're talking yeah. Addiction before, and I've walked this thing out. I've, I've I've went through this before, where your mind says no, you know it's wrong, you don't even want to do it. You know, you don't want this. Mm-hmm. You don't want this thing anymore. But because you're not actually delivered from it, you know, and and you're walking in a way where your faith is in the incorrect object, your faith is in other things. That thing becomes so strong that it. Satan will make sure it's the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about before you go to bed. Well, to the point where you have to get you to act this sin out and manifest it in your life. Absolutely. Well, you notice that in those churches which are legal or, or uh, bound by legalism, they are the most rampant and ridden with sin. And carnality. Churches utterly- that- Carnality, yeah. Churches, churches that are bound by legalism because it's perverse. Any form, that's why any form of perversion is legalism. You know, any form of any, or rather, any form of legalism is perversion, obviously. And so, like you said, you know, it's not the the law in and of itself is righteous, it's holy, it's good. But to be justified by it, to attempt to be made right with God by it, it's 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 impossible, and it's sin. And the problem is that people have now taken, it was like I heard somebody say this, the law is not meant to make you clean. The law is supposed to show you that you're dirty. So you have some people, though, they look at the law and it's like a mirror and they see all of the dirt and then they try to take that same mirror and make themselves clean. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. The law serves as a purpose. The law serves to make you to show you yourself. Paul said, "If I had not," he said, "If it had been for the law, I wouldn't have known what sin was." So the law comes along, shows us yeah. ourselves, and then we, in turn, of course, it's like, okay, so obviously I can't do all of this stuff. Clearly, I am not obeying all of this, 
And then at that point, we're supposed to say we're utterly helpless. I need a savior. I need someone who is perfect, who has who has not broken a law, who does not break the laws. And then we throw ourselves wholly on him. And we can't rely on, you know, we can't rely on, like you said, the 40 steps of freedom, the 30. Nope. Because what those things are, see, willpower, everybody has willpower, Yep. But willpower only lasts so long. And so you can't. Right. That's why you notice some people, they do get victory for, you know, and it's really not true victory, you know, but they get victory not. for, you know, yeah. a few weeks. They get victory for a few months. They get victory for, yeah. you know, a year. But sooner or later, they're going to always fall because their 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 faith is in the wrong thing. Absolutely. And every single time, it's like clockwork. And a lot of people, this is why they wind up giving up because, they're in a state where they're trying to overcome sin in their own power. The word of God says, "Not by might, not by not uh, not by man's strength, but by my uh, but by my spirit," saith the Lord. Not yep. by your uh-huh. might, not by your strength, not by your power of your own, because you need a strength, a power stronger than you to overcome the power of sin. Is so strong. Sin is so powerful. Sin is is it's more than just your, the actions you manifest that go in that go in error, it comes from the inside, and it's a, it's a strong, strong power, and it's it's, it's egregious, it's heinous, but but we didn't die for sin, we cannot overcome right. sin of ourselves, and that's why I totally agree with every single word you said, brother, because these people. And, and I'm so glad you did that because you named on both sides of the spectrum because there are extremes mm-hmm. on both sides. There's that extreme legalism, and then there's that antinomianism where they, you know, well, you know, Jesus died, so I ain't got to worry about it. I've seen people get to the place where they don't even study Scripture because, you know, because they say that, you know, because I believe in the cross, so that's all good. I'm like, no, it don't work that way because really – if your faith was right, if your object of faith really was right, and you were believing in the cross like you said you were, you would want, like, that kind of stuff would be exciting to you. You would be wanting to go do these things. You would be wanting to read your Bible. It wouldn't be a have-to thing. It would be a I-get-to thing. So, I, you know, that's why, you know, I'm so glad you did that. You talked about the extreme on both sides because it's necessary because a lot of people often bring that up when you're talking about uh, talking against legalism. Oh, okay, so you can just go out and murder them. Right. And it's like well, if you're desiring that, though, if you're desiring, and Paul lays that out right here, that when when he took when he took opportunity by the commandment, he it wrought in him all manner of concupiscence, evil desires. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? These individuals that desire evil things, that desire these things, that desire to lust, that desire adultery, that desire these things that we know are wrong, not just morally, but they, they go against the thrice holy God, we know that something is yeah. wrong with our faith walk. You know, I love one of the things that you said is uh, people start talking about, oh, well, you're just saying you can do anything you want. Well, obviously, that doesn't sound like a spirit-filled <laughs> believer, child of God. You know, I mean, really, what child of God wants to uh, be in sin, be bound by sin, living in sin? It's it's impossible. That's a, you know, it's, it's an oxymoron. Right. It's, it's an oxymoron. And so really the, the what it boils down to, of course, is where is your heart? Because 
people don't understand, but with the very nature of the Holy Ghost coming in you, you may not be, because maturity comes with time. Fruit ripening comes with time. It's a progressive walk. But one of the things that's undeniable from the moment you're saved, the Spirit of God comes in you, and he brings his, he's the spirit of holiness. He brings his nature in you, and everything in your life that is not like him if even if you are partaking in it, even if you are doing it, it makes you uncomfortable. You know, it, it, it makes you uncomfortable. You can't even do it because now that conviction is there. Now that unction right. is there. Now you right. have that anointing and the anointing, which is the Holy Ghost, and he is he's wooing you and he's saying, hey, come out of this. Leave this alone. Right. Leave this alone. Right. So this isn't lawlessness, you know. This isn't talking about forgetting, you know, because like you said, that's one of the accusations. People say, oh, well, what about this? What about that? And, you know, legalism is a heck of a drug. Woo! Self-righteousness is a heck of a drug. I don't think people understand the strength and the power that it takes to really try to do something, yeah, that the Holy Ghost has already done in you now, or, or something that God has already done for. Now all we have to do is, you know, walk in it, sis. And then think right. about this, too, and then think about this right here. You know, I tell people, of course, that, it's, I posted on Facebook, and I was talking about identity in Christ, and I was right. just, you know, and I had the whole list of all of those different things that God has said that we are. And I tell them, I'm like, listen, when the Word of God, that's this to you, every single believer, yes. you know, when the Word of God, to, uh-huh, when the, when, the, when the Word of God told you, you know, that you were the righteousness of God in Christ, you know, that you're holy, that you're free, uh, you know, all of that stuff. That's a present reality. That's not yes. something that we're waiting on. That's not something that we're working for. That's not something that we're trying to be. That's our right. starting point. It's our I right am. now. It's our right. It's our position. It is our reality. Glory, yes. And that's the part that needs to be accepted right there. That is what you accept. You have to accept that thing. You have to know that, look, mm-hmm. when I said yes to Jesus, that gave me access to the throne of grace. That gave me access to grace. That gave me grace and abundance. And if I'm justified before God, let me think about what this justification really means. That it means yeah. that I am guilty. I am innocent. That makes me a law abider. That makes me a covenant keeper. <laughs> that makes me a yeah. law keeper. That makes me a commandment keeper. Off and that's what's not being taught in a lot of churches because uh-huh. now this I'm a sinner uh, sort of false modesty thing going on in the church, and I, I really don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are justification by faith. We should understand that you are a commandment keeper if you are in Christ. Yeah. Amen. I mean, a- amen. That? Absolutely, and. Uh, you know, I love what you said because that's the whole, it's a deception and it's false humility, whether they, uh, you know, it, it, it's false humility. And, you know, you have people, because, because see, watch this, sister, the devil has gotten the world so deceived and the saints of God have become so deceived that you can't even say you're a saint without people think you're called yourself righteous. Right. You can't even and tell people. If you tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, brother, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just saying that's not self No, you're fine. It's no, no, it's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's not because, you know, th- th- that's the thing. 
you have people, of course, glory, you know, you have people, and you can't even say you're a saint because you say you're a saint, and they say, oh, you know, you'll say, I'm not a sinner, I'm a saint. But what they don't understand, look, you won't find, and we already know Corinth, the church at Corinth, they had all types of carnality going on. They, they were lacking in no gift, but spiritually they were very immature. Yet Paul never ceased calling them the church of God, never ceased calling them children of God, never ceased calling them the house of the, the saints of God. So what that tells me is that me being a saint is not so much predicated on my actions. Me being a saint is predicated on my position. And if I really am in Christ, like you said, I am a covenant keeper. I am a law keeper, and that is going to change and affect my whole life. So all this stuff, I'm a sinner saved by grace. The devil is a liar. You're either a sinner or you are a saint. And once you are a saint, your past has been totally wiped out and eradicated. See, a person that believes that, oh, I'm just going to barely make it in. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a wretched sinner. Oh, God. I'm this, I'm that. I'm going to make it in on a stretcher. You know, that Christian is never going to get to the place where they can read Philippians 2, 5 through 11 like it's a letter to them. That, that when it mm. says, it's mine in you. You know, when can you have the mind of Christ? Because Christ didn't say, I was a sinner. He only said a few things about himself. He said he was lowly mm-hmm. in heart. He said he was the man of sorrows, but he never one time said, I was a sinner. So if you are, right. if you have to see Christ, and, and you claim that you are in Christ, you have absolutely no right to call yourself a sinner. You are everything Christ said you are because you're a joint heir. And if you're calling yourself a sinner, what are you calling Christ? Blasphemy. It's blasphemy. And, you know, it, it, it shows you, and they have a, they have a total, uh, you know, because of the indoctrination, of course, many misunderstand, and it's with the Roman uh, Catholic Church and their whole idea of what a saint actually is. But this is why we have to be bold and do like as you're doing tonight, and I thank you for uh, allowing me and inviting me to be on this platform with you. We have to be bold, of course, and to uh, we have to be bold and we have to shout with our voices like, hey, you know, hey, this is what we are. This is our identity in Christ. And I wanted to say, too, what you mentioned, though, about the um, – see, our people – I don't have to say – but our people, a lot of our people, this whole thing, you say – are you going to heaven? You know, are you going to heaven? I'm, well, I, I, I'm trying to make it in. I hope I make it in. I want to make it in. I'm doing my best to make it in. I believe I'm going to make it in. All of that stuff, none of that stuff is of faith. Therefore, it is sin. And, sin. and second of all, you can know, you can know, praise God, where you're going to spend eternity at. It is not a guessing game. And then you hear people say, well, I'm living to live again. But they also... They miss it with that one too, because yeah. to say that you're living your life to live again would mean that you the lifestyle that you're living is going to determine where you spend heaven or hell, and that is a works gospel. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not a gospel of grace through faith, and so the reality of the matter is I'm not living my life to live again, but Christ has lived his life. He lived a life. He died for me. He was buried yeah. for me. He resurrected, and in that death, I die with him. In the resurrection, I've been raised up in the newness of life. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me, and because he lives, I shall live again. My brother, I mean, it seems so simple to understand, and really, 
when they're walking in that other way, when they're saying these things and they're not walking right, they're actually eroding their faith through that sin, and it's ignorant. This is why mm-hmm. it's, 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 this is why teaching these foundational truths, teaching these things is what we're going to have to do during this time when people's churches are closed down because people have yeah. been taught on, on a massive scale. And so they keep saying these things, and the thing that bothers me the most is, is that, that this is the most accepted thing to say in the church. Those kind of things that you just mentioned about, you know, I'm living uh-huh. my life for again, and I'm doing, you know, and it's like, really? I, I cringe. I, I, I almost get mad. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. And no, because you know what? You'll never grow with that. You have to get rid of that stinking thinking in order to be able to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Like you're you're not gonna be able to be to be anything but stagnant or wanting to give up if you're saying I'm barely making it in. And quickly, um, before um I've got twenty eight minutes, but you know, for us we need three uh-huh. hours. But um <laughs> but I think what people often confuse is their position and their condition in Christ. Yes. So yes, that's good. Right? They're still looking at their condition in Christ but they don't understand that their position is one that is always seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So they focus so much on the condition, which is why, like how we just talked about in Romans 7, verse 7, 8, and 9, how I talked about Mm -hmm. that definite article, the sin, that kind of stuff is never brought out in a church. Mostly what they're going to say, they're focusing on just external sin. But Paul is talking about something internal because evil desire is something that happens inside of a person. You can't see that. You can't see, you know, a person's evil desire unless they manifest that through an outward sin. So he's talking about something internal. In order for those internal things to change, you've got to have a stronger power. But people are so focused, though, on external, Mm -hmm. and that is the condition of the person, but not the position. And so they're always thinking that their condition affects their position in such a way that, uh, you know, I messed up today, so, you know, I, I got to start, I got to go get water baptized again and start all at the beginning. I heard somebody yeah. say that. I, I, I was like, we need like a whole month together because I need to retrain you, throw out a lot of your thinking. The fact that you even thought water <laughs> baptism <laughs> saved you personally, and you know a lot of people believe that. They believe that water baptism saves them. And it's taught. It's it's taught in many apostolic churches, many churches that water baptism. Oh yeah. And uh, I come apostolic across apostolic Pentecostal. Yeah. Yes, I come across this so often. Um, I'm like, it's I come across that more often than I come across uh, Roman Catholic. Oh yeah, you know, actually, um, I was talking, I was dialoguing with a brother uh, on my page the other day, and he said something. He said the body is very unlearned and foundational yet simple truths that are so powerful that they can change who you are internally and eternally. Think about that. That's so true because what you're talking about tonight, what we're talking about tonight is not, this is not, this is not me that we're talking, you know? I mean, it's it's real. I mean, you know, it's heavy. It's beautiful. It never grows old. I mean, it's just, there's so much depth to it, but I'm saying, but this is, this is supposed to be, this should have been introductory one-on-one you're a believer, now now what? You know, it's like now right. what? You know, like I'm saved, right. now what? You know, yeah. This is new convert, 101. But the thing is, brother, 
we're the, the people have not been taught about this whole death to life experience because they don't know what happened from from the cross to heaven or Jesus and what does that mean for me and what happened to me when I when I got born again what really happened there you know and they don't really understand the technicals of it and how to receive grace and justification by faith that right there is a big one because this is why a lot of people end up back in legalism is because of the justification by faith see that justification uh-huh. by faith it's not a once and for all thing because you're, I believe, personally, I believe that uh-huh. everything, you know, with my object of faith being Christ and, and his finished work at the cross, I personally believe that I'm justified, sanctified, and glorified because of that. And my actions mm-hmm. are going to be a result of my faith being in that finished work. And I can, like I said earlier, I can always tell when I'm getting off or I'm getting in my flesh like you were talking about because I begin to desire wrong things. You know, I don't yes. for God like I used to. And so a lot yes. of people would get to that place where they don't desire those things and they're actually getting in the flesh. They don't have that teaching like we have that says, I got to get my faith right. You know, my faith ain't right. I'm in a failure of faith. Something ain't right here. Let me fight this fight of <laughs> faith and then move on mm-hmm. from there. These people will fast to get victory instead, or they will read these scriptures six times a day to get, they want a formula. They want somebody to tell them some religious formula to get victory when victory was already attained 2,000 years ago. You just need to walk in it. Now, I was just about to say that you just need to walk in it. It's simple. But it, see, and that's, a, it's so simple. It is, I mean, really, you know, I think because, you know, and then, you know, we've been walking this for some time now. Yeah. But when you have people that are on the outside looking in and they're listening and they'll <laughs> say, uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, uh, you're just, you know, you've been saved this long or, you know, or, or you're this person and you're, or you're that person and this is, you've got that. But it's like, no, this is the word of God. Listen, right. God is no respecter of person. And what he's done for one, he desires to do for the other. And, again, right. this is not for a select few group of, of special Christians. These are, these are our, this is our inheritance. This is yeah. our portion. These are our rights as the sons of God. And sons, of course, as you know, it's not a gender title. It's a position title. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, so like you said, you know, we have to come to the place, of course, in the Lord where we will be these people who are not moved and swayed by trying to obtain something, trying to work for something that Christ has already made available to us. And like I said, it's just that simple. That's why you remember, you remember, sister, that you remember uh, Paul, he was talking about the Jews, and he talked yeah. the gospel. It was a stumbling block. To, that's why it was a stumbling block. You've got, yes. like, you, you know, you had the Jews and you had the Greeks. You know, the Jews, it was a stumbling block to them because, you know, it was just like no way that uh, this innocent man, this perfect man, this, this righteous, this just man has died for, for, has died for people who are evil, who deserve, the, who deserve the punishment and the wrath of Almighty God. Uh, and has only expected them to appropriate by faith what he did on the cross. That's a stumbling block. 
because when you come from a whole system of, of rituals and works and all of this stuff, somebody comes to, oh, you're not doing that, just believe, just believe. Just, and, 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 you know, and, and it causes people to, you know, they, their flesh starts to rise up because the flesh wants to be able to say that I have did something in order to obtain from God. That's why what is in Ephesians, and I'll say this and I'm done, oh Ephesians God. 2, Ephesians yes. 2, 8 and 9, for by grace through faith are you saved, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But watch verse yes. 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So I said that because, again, those people, what about works? What about works? Listen, you got to come through grace through faith first before you get to the works. And if you try to do it any other way, you, you're backwards and you got it wrong. Yeah, I love what you said there because you, you, oh, you, I be saying that stuff too. I like how you say it. I love how you say it. You said exactly what I, what I always say when I talk about this subject is that flesh always wants to take credit for something. You know, the flesh you better believe it. There, you know what? I did that. And that's why I, I truly believe that that form, you know, of legalism, even, you know, good righteous laws or laws we make up or a self-help book we picked up at Barnes and Noble, you know, all of that. All of those laws, laws and laws we make up living and ordaining our lives to be justified, to seeking to be justified, seeking to be sanctified mm-hmm. that way, seeking that. It causes our flesh to rise up and, and pride. And that's where that, un, that unholy self-righteousness comes up because it says, look, I do this. I don't do yeah. that. I don't covet because you and your own strength have done it. But you have committed a very egregious sin because Jesus said to deny self. And that don't just mean push your plate away. That don't just mean, you know, you can't have that candy bar today or you can't go to McDonald's or you got to get a diet coke today. That means deny yourself own ability to walk in victory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Deny yourself the ability to have the strength and power to walk this walk out without Jesus Christ. Deny self. It doesn't just yeah. refer to it doesn't just refer to that stuff. It refers to denying your own ability to live for God without Jesus Christ. And then you take up your cross. And that doesn't just mean, well, it's my cross to bear. It does mean that too. But it also means to take up what Jesus Christ has done for you, that resurrection life, that newness of life, that joint heirship, that blood that he shed that gives you authority, that gives you grace. All through faith. Yes. Take up your cross. Follow after him. And that's the only way. Because, you know, we can do something religiously. I read my Bible every day at this time. I fast every day at this time. And that's great. But I pray that you, that it is a byproduct of your faith. And you're not doing something with God. Uh, you know, and again, and I just hear the I just hear the scripture, that passage of scripture ringing in my ears. You know, and again, know ye, know ye not. You know, know that no man will be justified by the works of the law, and right. that is why, of course, what happens when we fall from grace. You remember Paul, oh foolish yeah. Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would so easily turn away 
from the simple faith, from, from the grace, you know, from, from simplicity in Christ, and now you're going to turn back to the old system, the old system of ceremonials and rituals, ceremonies and rituals. And, and then, of course, you remember he even tells, and time and time again, Paul deals with the different ones. And, and he says, now, did you receive the Holy Ghost by, by, by works or did you receive the Holy Ghost by, by, uh, by grace, by faith? Did you, do that, the person who works miracles in your midst, do they do that because of their – see, we got that all backwards. We think that when God uses people and stuff, you know, we think that it's because they're somebody special, and it's not. It's a, dis, it's, a dis, it's a dispensing of grace upon that individual. And like what you're talking about tonight, when you fall from grace – See, talk, that's the real fault. Because see, watch this. Take this. You have a lot of believers who are quote unquote not fallen in sin, but they fell from grace a long time ago because they left the simplicity that was in Christ Jesus, and now they are trying to live this life that they're living not by the power of the Spirit, but by their flesh. And you know it's the flesh and not the Spirit because anytime it's of the Spirit, you can't take you can't take any credit. I mean, if it's of the Spirit. He's not going to testify of himself. He's going to testify of Jesus. So every time you turn around, people say, uh, "Do you?" I had a person, sister. They asked me. They said, "Do you struggle with this?" And honestly, honestly, uh, I, 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 you know, my thing is like I don't struggle with sin. You know, see that. See what? See that? What I just said. A lot of people that would have went over their head and they said, "What are you? What are you saying? What are you saying? Are you saying that you don't have problems? Are you saying that you don't battle stuff? Are you saying that you don't you don't have weaknesses?" No, I, I'm not saying. All I'm saying is that it's not a struggle. It's not like you know the word says that His commandments are not hard. They're not grievous. So again, anytime you find yourself trying to serve the Lord and you find it as hard. You find it as very grievous, you know. You find it as something that is very. I'm not talking about sacrificing and and, and, and you know all that stuff. You know, I ain't talking about that. But I'm talking about if you find it as just so unbearable, it's just oh my yes. goodness, I just don't. Then yes. that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many churches today, they left the true gospel. They've gone over to a gospel of morality, a gospel of morality. Now we we're more concerned. It's what you talked about in Romans. Uh, what was that? Romans chapter seven. Yep, chapter seven. Yeah, it's what you talked about in Romans chapter 7. We are more concerned, and see, again, that's a work of the flesh. That's self-righteousness. We are more concerned with how people look on the outside, and we're not really concerned about people's heart on the inside. There it is. And see, that the right gospel there, of morality crazy. tells you, uh-huh. No, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Yes, I said the gospel, the gospel of morality tells you that, you know, uh, I'll never forget one time. The gospel of morality tells you, you know, okay, you do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, you do this, you don't do that. And so sooner or later, you know, and especially what we consider as being a sanctified Christian, again, we got this stuff, our, our definitions are so wrong. But you talk yeah. about a sanctified Christian, you know, and we think, okay, so I don't cuss, check. I don't drink, <laughs> check. I don't smoke, check. I, I don't dress inappropriately, check, you know. Um I, I I don't fornicate, check, you know. So it's only so many of those outside physical things that you can give a person to do, and once they do them in their mind, and this is why you have people who are sitting in churches who are really not converted in the inward man, but because of some outward display or some outward expression, they think that they have arrived, and they sit there 
in their sins. They sit there in that iniquity. They sit there in that transgression, and they think they've arrived, and they, they've arrived, and they look down at other people because their confidence is in their flesh and not in the power of God. If that confidence was in the power of God, they would realize that it's not about these clothes that I got on. It's not about, you know, all this outside stuff. It, if, if anything, what's on the outside needs to be a manifestation of what's on the inside. That's it. This is like, you know, what we do for God and what we don't do because of God, if this is a byproduct of proper faith, not the prime product. The prime product is our yes. object. This is why it's so vital. And I love that you mentioned that about, about the real fall from grace. You know, somebody commits a sin, oh, they fell from grace. Well, you don't know what they did. You don't know what uh-huh. led up you don't know what's going on in their life. People fall in sin for every reason, and mostly it becomes it, it's because of a lack of understanding about how to live for God, and also yep. their faith fails. That's usually why people fail, but they call that a fall from grace. But a fall from grace is you unqualifying them or you saying they're not justified mm. and condemning them based on that action. That is a fall from grace over what that individual did. Because you don't know how that individual struggled with that sin. You don't know what mm-hmm. led up to them being overridden and why they felt that they're, they tried to do this in their own strength. You have no idea. Yeah. But when we seek to condemn somebody based on the law, so this person was never justified yeah. by the law. They were justified, justified by faith in Christ. And you know what? When we seek to move somebody's faith from Jesus Christ into some other work to try to get free, well, you got to go to counseling to get free from that uh-huh. sin. I'm not dogging out counseling. I'm just saying that some people might idolize stuff like that and think that this is how I get victory, counseling. This is how I get victory, fasting, fasting. This is how I get victory. They start to put this into a religious pattern, and now they've really fallen from grace when, in fact, all they did yeah. was fail before, before. And and it puts them in this mm. cycle of where they're always in this perpetual state of, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's where the answer comes. <laughs> Jesus Christ already did this long time ago. A long time ago. That's it. It, uh, that's it, and it's now just a matter. Of, that's why I love the whole. Uh, that's why I love the whole thing, especially even in the area. Talk about not only see, because you notice, sister, the world. Of course, they've got the you know counseling and the twelve step, but then the church, we have a substitute of that, and we call it quote unquote deliverance ministry. Now, we know that we have been given authority to tread over. Uh, scorpions and serpents and nothing shall by any right. means harm or hurt us. We know right. that we have been, been given authority to cast out devils. But what we see nowadays is many believers flock to these quote-unquote deliverance ministries instead of simply walking in their, walking in their identity, walking in their Christ-given victory. And so right. they think that they have to have someone go to them. You know, and it's like I, was, I, was, I heard a, a, a minister say one time, there was a young man. The young man, he went to the deliverance minister, and he, he said, I want you to pray for me. And he said, for what? He said, well, I'm back. He said, I, I got dealing with the sexual sin thing. And uh, he said, how old are you? He said, I'm in my early 20s or whatever. He said, son, you don't need deliverance. He said, you need discipline. 
Right. Close it down. And so what we're trying to do now, we're trying to cast out. <laughs> you cannot cast out the flesh. You got to deal with it. You, you, you right. cannot cast out flesh. You have to, it has to die. You have, it, it's already dead. Now you just got to act like it. You got to walk like it. You have to I crucify your flesh. Dead. You have to deny, yeah, you have to deny it. They were asking who's on the line. I said, Jaqueline's on the line. <laughs> we're, uh, we're live on Blog Talk Radio. We got Jaqueline on the line. This is my Holy Ghost brother. Uh, we're just talking a little yes. bit about, about how to live for God. You know, there's some things we're kind of tired of. Y'all like, you know, it's time we got to get this together. And while we got everybody's undivided attention thanks to COVID, you know, we can see the silver lining. It's time to get us out the off the schoolmaster, out of the law, out of that bondage, because it's really wreaking havoc. And I honestly think that that this unknowing, ignorance about how to live for God is what leads to a lot of the false doctrine you're seeing today. Because people, yes. they want spiritual experience. They really do. And they're so desperate. But sounding things to suddenly get people um, and their faith moved to other things, like you just said, a deliverance minister. See, I'm a deliverance not that kind. Like, I Uh I will say to somebody, you know, how to live for God. I have the discernment of spirit. So I know that if there's a this person is found or this is going on. So I know if they really need, you know, uh, something passed out or if, you know, if they just need to know that, look, the jail, you was already set free. You sitting in a prison and the door is open. Ooh. And they need freedom. They need truth. And because they're being lied to, this is why they're bound. Whenever somebody is bound, it's because they believe the lie somewhere. Oh, 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 oh. And let me say right there. That's yeah. why. Watch this. Because I know you don't believe. Because, you know, that false teaching of, like, generational curses and all of that type of stuff. You have a lot of people who... Again, you know, the Bible says that Christ became a curse on the truth. Curse isn't, the curse is the man that hangs on the truth. So we right. have teachings like that that have crept into the church and that have removed us from our faith in God. And now we're out here trying to break stuff and do all of this stuff that is not even there. And like you just said, we're sitting in a prison cell with the door wide open. God is saying, you're free, you're free, you're go be free. And No, no. And that's why I tell people, even when I minister, they say, what's the hindrances to this? What's the hindrances to this? I say, listen, whatever you believe your hindrance is, that's what's going to hinder you. It's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. So when your faith rises up and say, no. I am what God said I am, and I can do what God said I can do. I will be what God said I will be, and I will walk in the liberty where I will stand fast in the liberty that Christ has set me free, and I will not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, and I'm going to do everything. When you start getting that mindset, then you're you're going to find that you're unlimited. You're unlimited in God. You're you're indestructible. You're indefensible. Right. I mean, it's just like, boom, that opens up so much freedom there and then our first it's just this is why these kind of things what we're talking about we need to we need to drive home um okay we got another caller i'm going to bring them on but we need to have another okay. show about this because this is vital brother because look we're seeing we're seeing these false teachings really tear apart and rip up the church and it's because there's cracks in the people's foundation 
Now, me personally, yeah. because I've been, handy, I've been a handy worker, I've fixed foundations before, I know that you can fix the foundation even though a house is already built upon it. So that's what we're doing right now. We're fixing Ooh, foundations. That's good. We are fixing cracks in the people's foundation. I'm going to go ahead and bring the caller on the line real quick. We've got okay. five minutes. Let's try to, um, and I, especially while I got you on the phone. Caller? Okay. Caller 504, yeah. you're on the line. Uh, Do you have a question for Brother Duquelin yeah. or, uh, or me, Alex? Yes, how are you doing tonight? I just tuned in. So uh, I didn't have the benefit of hearing the discussion, but I understand that uh, your discussion is about the um, only good experience. Okay, can you repeat what you just said? I, I have a little problem hearing you. He said, he said, uh, yeah, it's he, we're talking about we're on here talking about the born again experience and talking about how we've been uh, really we're talking about the born again experience in particular identity in Christ. Yeah. I think she said she's. Can you hear? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're talking about, my brother. And what yeah, did you say um, you're doing? I'm so sorry. Uh, the bone is going to Okay. Uh, I've heard so many versions of um, all that. I've heard so many, uh, so many discussions of that. And uh, if you didn't understand, it could, could be, could very well be uh, confusing. Um, my understanding of the bone is going experience is that, um, you know, when Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That's right. All things passed away, and behold, everything becomes new. New. Now, uh, uh, the reason I quoted that scripture because I hear a lot of people making a lot of excuses for people that's up and down, up and down. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I haven't always been up to, uh, when I, when I just say, okay, uh, I've had some excuses. And I'm not going to go into uh, all of it. I will take too long. But uh, my experience, you know, I, I was doing a lot of things before I got saved that I know I shouldn't have been doing. But when I got saved, I mean, I had a total new outlook, a total new perspective. My life changed. My mindset changed. Everything changed. I didn't have no desire to do the things that I was doing prior. So that's why I have a problem with a lot of people saying, okay, you can't help it. You're going to fall into sin. You're going to backslide. You're going to do all of this kind of stuff. And I know it's possible for you to backslide. I understand yes. that. Because um, the Bible mm-hmm. says, you know, God said, I'm married to the backslider. If you return to me, I return to you. But also, Second John, uh, first John 2 and 1, it says, uh, uh, I write unto you, little children. That you sin not. He goes on to if a man sins, the otherwise he's, he's telling you not to sin. But right. if for some reason you do sin, you have an advocate with the father. That's right. Now, that mm-hmm. don't give that don't give anybody a license to sin 
to me, that's not selling me. Okay, okay. It's okay for you to send me because Jesus is your attorney. He's sending the defending you. So, um, mm-hmm. God hates sin. God has always hated sin. Hey, you guys, fact, hey. And I'm not trying to interrupt. Fact, I just warning. I just got the 90 second warning. So, um, I, Brother Jaquelin, I'm gonna let you answer kind of his question. We got. 70 seconds to answer mm-hmm. his question before we can shut off the radio, but go ahead. Yeah. You can kind of hear where he's coming from, right? Where he's talking about Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely, too. Uh, just, uh, I totally agree with everything that you said, brother, and concerning even the passage of Scripture that you were just reading, like you said, you know, the Scriptures say that we have an advocate if we sin, and I think the if right there is is a, it's a matter of distinction, of course, between uh, willful sin, you know, concerning willful sin and uh, practicing sin, you know, willful sin, practicing sin versus, of course, a a, a moment of uh, of sin or whatever. And as you said, many people, they make provision for the flesh because they tell people, they say, uh, you, you know, you can't help it. You're only a person. And they're making people more sin conscious than they are God conscious. So the solution to it is people have to come to a place where they say, no, I have been made free from sin, and therefore I'm a servant of righteousness. I'm no longer bound to sin, and anything I'm no longer bound to, I have a choice. I don't have to sin. I don't have to walk in sin. So, yes. Ten seconds, brother. And uh, God bless everybody for listening. God bless you. So praise the Lord. God is able to set you free tonight. God is able to deliver. God is able to heal you. Have faith in God. The blood of Jesus. Have faith in the finished work of the cross. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Two seconds in Jesus' name. Anything else? We'll be back later. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.